the world of sales is ups and downs and life is about ebb and flow. If you have flow all the time without any ebb, you know, without, you wouldn't have a balance. We wouldn't rest. We wouldn't have time for reflection. We wouldn't have this time. So you can use the slumps, the ebb and flow as an opportunity to actually reassess, to look at opportunities that may have gone untapped, you know, stones that have gone unturned. It's a good time when you have that, that slump, it's a good time to kind of re recollect yourself, take a breather, take a moment and look at what can be done. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Robin Treasure with us, and she's going to teach us about how to grow your sales exponentially with heart-powered sales. Robin, welcome to Outside Sales Talk. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Robin is a sales trainer and a sales coach who was formerly a top performing sales rep for an industry leading manufacturer of nutritional supplements. She created and applied her heart powered sales method to grow her annual sales by more than tenfold in five years, uh, turning it into a multi million dollar territory. In her new book, which uh, which everyone should read, it's Heart Powered Sales. Grow your sales exponentially with emotional intelligence and intuition. And uh, that was just released earlier this year. And we'll be covering the some of the key thoughts about it here in the episode. So first question, uh, Robin, tell me, sales can sometimes be too focused on pitches and strategies and, and people get wrapped around the axles there. The, what do you think salespeople can gain by focusing on the heart? Mm-hmm. So it's true. Sales can be very focused on pitches and strategies and strategies and hard work are very important, right? Being consistent, applying a certain strategy that you identify and following through on that. That is essential, but it's only half of the equation. The other half is the energy with which you show up in your day-to-day -day work and in your meetings with your prospects and clients. I know that this podcast is focused specifically on outside sales and field sales. I myself was an outside sales rep. So I was walking into doctor's offices, healthcare practitioner's offices, and I was representing the line of nutritional supplements that was a professional grade, high quality line of nutritional supplements. Practitioners would use that in their practices um, to get better clinical outcomes and grow their revenue. So I was physically walking into their offices. Often it was a cold call or, you know, often it was a scheduled meeting. I realized and observed how important my energy was when I showed up. If I walked in with thoughts of fear and scarcity and how am I going to reach my quota and, oh my goodness, I'm running late, your prospects can feel that. If instead you connect to your heart, and we can talk more about how to do that, you show up 
with a very different energy. It's an energy of confidence. It's an energy of authentic power. And it's an energy of being ready to serve and help your clients. You're able to be present and focused on them rather than on your own concerns and motivations. So that's the difference that connecting to your heart can make in your day-to-day -day work. Yeah, it's 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 funny and getting to uh, know each other before the show. We figured out that I, I, t I currently take one of the supplements that she was representing, and she was using Badger Maps to go around and uh, and manage her territory. So it's <laughs> we were, that's right. We, we were intertwined before even meeting for this show. <laughs> that's exactly right. And I loved using using Badger Mapping. It was an incredible tool to use, and that's a part of the great strategies that you use to build you know, to build your day-to-day -day work and, and get out there and discover new prospects and map things out and save yourself time. It was, it's an incredible tool to use. I, I appreciate that. And the, the, the supplements you guys make are, were fantastic too. I, I still take them today. I've been taking them for probably five years. Great stuff. Awesome. Designs yeah, for really, health. Plug really good for stuff. Those, plug for those guys. Yes. <laughs> Ex excellent line. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about the book a bit. The, in, in the first chapter of your book, uh, it's called what's love got to do with it. Yes. Uh, so what tips on love can you teach us that, that Tina Turner hasn't, hasn't already covered? Yeah. So what's love got to do with it? Well, we don't talk about love in a sales context very often, right? And yeah, yet, I almost I almost can't say it without tripping over it. I'm like, what can yeah. you teach about love? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. It's hey, giving me a little heart attack over here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's 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 not a part of the common conversation about sales. And yet love has so much to do with it. And I'll explain why. First of all, love, again, that's that's your source of power. That's your source of true power when you are connected to what you love. So that may be, what do you love about the product that you represent? What do you love about the service that you represent? Now, maybe you represent a line of office supplies and there's nothing to get excited about or really love about that product, but you can love what it does for people. You can love the value that it creates for your clients for what it can do for them, right? For how, how it can save them time, increase their productivity, whatever it is. So tap into what you love about that product and you're going to have an increased level of enthusiasm that your clients and prospects can feel. Also, what do you love about the clients that you serve? Do you love the opportunity to show up and help them with their problems? Do you love the opportunity to, to add value to someone's day and help solve a problem for them? Connect to that, enjoy that, lean into that. And then finally, love is at the center of the most important decision you can ever make in your life, which is, do you live, you've probably heard this expression that's often attributed to Albert Einstein, do you live in a friendly universe or in a hostile one? That's a really important decision that you can make. And I would swap out the word friendly for loving. Do you live in a loving universe that wants the best for you 
where things will always work out for you in the end, even if it doesn't seem so in the middle of it. Once you make that decision, and if you commit to that decision that you do indeed live in a loving universe and that things are going to work out, you can trust, you can relax, you can stop striving, you can stop pushing for the sale, you can show up and just be calm and present and ready to serve. And that's when you're ready to connect to people on a more authentic level. Yeah, and this is really, uh, so this this really feels like a, a philosophy of of deep positivity and and mm-hmm. uh, and and positivity and authenticity are mm-hmm. and showing up with those kind of top of mind are so important in sales, right? People can read it on you, they can feel it on you. The what, they really what, can. I, I think it really changes the way you build relationships. Um, mm-hmm. What what can salespeople do to um, increase this positivity and authenticity in order to build more more meaningful relationships with their with their customers? So the way to build authentic relationships with your customers is to show up with curiosity, with a willingness to understand what's going on for your prospect and customer and to temporarily suspend your attention and direct it away from your focus on this, making the sale and being product centric. You wanna shift away from being product centric, meaning just focusing on how, what your product can do for people and instead focus on what are their problems and concerns. And before rushing to your pitch, really seek to understand So in my book, I talk about the new ABCs. And so instead of always be closing, one of the three ABCs that I give is always be curious. Always be curious, meaning seek to really understand what's going on for your customer. So if they say, I want to grow my revenue, first of all, get clear on what that means. By what percent? Where are they now? Where do they want to be? What's holding them back? What opportunities are there? What roadblocks are there? Keep digging deeper until you truly understand the problem and the emotions that they might be feeling around that. That's how you build those authentic connections is by really showing that you truly understand and that you can empathize. And empathy is around understanding someone's emotion, but it's also about understanding the general context of what they are presenting to you so that that prospect can say, wow, that person really gets me. That salesperson is not focused on selling that product. They're focused on really understanding me and my situation. And I feel like they really get me. That's where an authentic relationship is built. Yeah, that, and that's so important. I mean, if it, I think that's part of what makes the, the sales job fun too and rewarding is is that you you know as I think back over my sales career, it's all, it's it's hundreds of relationships that I've had that you know, and, and a lot of them aren't super meaningful, but a lot of them are, and and you know, it's it's uh, that's been one of my favorite parts uh, of of the the career path. 
Yes. And that is, that comes back to the love that can be in sales, right? Where you really love and enjoy helping a client out. I took such joy in being able to help them make recommendations, help them strategize on their their process for attracting new patients or for adding a new a new revenue stream to their practice. I took joy in it and it was fun and it was enjoyable and when they when they feel comfortable enough to reach out to you and share their wins and you celebrate in their wins with them, you know you've you've built a real relationship there and it's authentic and yet it's not you're staying in your lane professionally. You're you're keeping the lines of communication focused on you helping them with their business objectives. You're not becoming overly palsy because overly palsy and overly friendly is not really that authentic relationship building that we're talking about. When you become overly palsy, it'll either come across as you being inauthentic and just you're just trying to make a quick friendship, a quick false friendship in order to make the sale, or it can come across as you are actually getting derailed from your purpose as a salesperson because you're afraid of being pushy or salesy. And so you go into the friend zone. And the friend zone, you know, it can be great when you do form a true friendship uh, with a prospect or client, but that should be the byproduct of you staying in your lane and really professionally helping to serve them and taking joy in, in helping them with their objectives. Uh, I've never heard anyone kind of phrase it that way. That makes a ton of sense, though. Uh, I, I like that. So the the sales world sometimes seems super male or or macho oriented what why is it important for men especially to tune into their emotions when they're selling mhm mm so men whether you like it or not you've got emotions and your prospects and customers have emotions so the sooner you're aware it's about awareness the sooner you are aware of what you are feeling and what your prospects and customers are feeling, the sooner you can bridge that gap and build that authentic relationship based on understanding and empathy. So tuning into your emotions, it may not come naturally, and that's because you're not encouraged to do so, right? And you haven't had that that uh, we all have the natural ability. We all feel the emotions. We all have the emotions. It's just a question of whether or not you're in taught and encouraged to lean into it. So the advantage in you tuning in is, is again, in, in building that authentic relationship and that understanding where your prospect or customer says, again, wow, they really get me. So that's the advantage. And when we talk about EQ, and EQ is getting a lot more attention now with good, with good reason, your EQ in terms of your own self is your ability to be aware and manage your own emotional response. So if you're feeling frustration or fear or anxiety, 
becoming aware and managing that and not allowing it to interfere with the sales process is a really key component to your own EQ. The other key component is being aware of your prospects emotions and their emotional response and not managing it as you do with your own, but being attuned to it so that you can flex and flow with that emotional response that they have and showing that you have that awareness and empathy. And on the, on the flip side, uh, how can women embrace their emotional intelligence to, uh, to help themselves with their, with, with, uh, boost their sales and, and do better in their, in their sales career. Mm -hmm. So I just heard a statistic very recently that said that women achieve 8% higher quota, have a higher 8% higher at quota attainment rate than men. And a large part of that can be attributed to their EQ. I do feel that men, all things being equal, men and women both have this innate ability to be aware of and manage their own emotions. It's just that as women, we may be a bit more in tune and we may be a bit more encouraged to lean into that. So I would say lean into it fully. Lean into this ability that you have as a woman to be aware of your own emotions and to be in tune with those of your customers, because that is going to give you a huge advantage. We talk about the soft skills of listening, communicating, empathizing. Those are deemed soft skills, and they are but they're enormously important just because they're soft doesn't mean that it doesn't play an, an equally important role in the work that you do with your customers. So lean into it. And the great news is that whether you're a man or a woman, whether you feel you would excel at soft skills or not, these are qualities and skills that can be taught and cultivated. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. There's always room for improvement and for growth in that area. Your EQ can be cultivated and grown much more than your IQ. And guess what? EQ is what really matters more in the end anyway. Well, that's good because my IQ has just been falling for years. My <laughs> EQ seems to be holding holding steady here. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> that's what matters. <laughs> these things are these are these are skills or muscles right you can you can uh your your ability to listen your ability to empathize uh, these are muscles that you can exercise and make them stronger and get quicker with them and um you know get more agile with them i think uh it's something we can all no no one's uh no one's a professional a professional listener but uh but salespeople are more than anybody need to need to embrace that as, as a as a job title it's so true. I mean, listening is really important. And I think that we've all heard that, you know, you should really try to listen 80% of the time and talk just 20% of the time in your engagements with your customers. Have you heard that, Steve? I, I've heard the stats like that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that, you know, 
even having heard that a bunch of times, I, I certainly know my sales team doesn't do that. I mean, most of the time we're answering questions that people have or explaining different different things that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it's, you know, if you're much better off if you can first, and, and it's how I was trained by, you know, I went through IBM sales school, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and if you, uh, to, it was all about, you know, having a, a long discussion with the, with the prospect about their business, its challenges before you, before you open up your bag and start showing them all your toys, you really want to get to know them and their, and their, what, what, what is on their plate right now? So, cause if, if one of the, if one of your uh, solutions isn't a solution to a problem they have, it's, it's a waste of time to talk about it. That's right. I mean, you can't, you can't position your product in a relevant way unless you understand what's important to your prospect. And so even when you are in more of a reactive mode where they are asking you questions, and yes, there's a time and a place to explain what you have, to, to describe your offerings, to answer their questions, absolutely. But even when you're in that more reactive place of responding to a question that they have, when they ask you a question such as, does your product have XYZ feature? Before you have that knee-jerk response of wanting to answer the question, first understand why are they asking it and what's important about that feature to them, right? Because you can find yourself going down a rabbit hole that may not be relevant to your prospect. So to give a quick example, as I mentioned, you know, I was representing a line of nutritional supplements, 350 products in the line. There were many different products to choose from, and many of the products were complex formulas. If a, if a healthcare practitioner asked me, do you have a product for migraines? Well, before I give a knee-jerk response, yes, we have this product and that one and this one, and this is what's great about this one. First, pause, understand, do you have a patient base with migraines? What are you seeing most commonly? What's the cause of that? Is it hormonal? Is it something else? You know, if they ask, is, do you have a, pro a product with this specific ingredient in it? You can answer, Yes, we do, but first help me understand what's important to you about that ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're always seeking to understand like, where are they coming from? How much do they know about what they are asking? Or do you need to fill in the gaps? Do you want to avoid over explaining because they're actually very well informed? You just want to meet them where they're at. Yeah. And that, and that could be such a tricky thing for salespeople, right? Like, and when I, when I was selling IBM servers and software, like it was always over my head, but, you know, cause I, and I was talking to someone who wasn't, was using this IBM servers and softwares and that, and, and I would, I, and I, it's the same if you're talking to a doctor about supplements, like they're an expert in the human body. That's, that's what they yes. do. And, uh, and so I think we, we have to be very careful to not, you know, and this isn't the case of all sales jobs, but a lot of professional sales jobs where you're you know, explaining complex things to, to the professionals that actually use them, um, you know, on the B2B side, you, you really have to be careful to 
understand where where they're at on something because sometimes you know mm -hmm. you might be talking to someone who knows nothing about servers even though they're about mm -hmm. to buy a million dollars of them they're they're not the person who runs them they got kind of they got promoted into the cio position from the software side but they don't they don't actually yeah. touch the hardware um you know or it could be the opposite they could have been elbows deep and flipping switches for the last 20 years right yes so you know it's it's uh you know, I, I think it's really important to, to know your customer and have that conversation and really know where they're at and, and, and be able to ask the questions that you just mentioned, right? Like as, as, as things come up, be like, like get the background, get the context you, and, and you get so much more than just, you know, why they're interested when they start talking about it. You start to get a feel for, well, what, where are they coming from? What do they know? How deep is it? That's right. And they'll often, when you seek to get that clarification, you often get a lot more information about the current, their current situation and what problems they've had. What have they tried in the past that has worked? What hasn't worked? There's so much rich information and data there that you can pick up on in those conversations when you keep opening it up to dialogue. And just you know, keep keep it flowing rather than defaulting into your pitch about your product. Just keep making it relevant to them. Walk me through the four pillars of the heart-powered sales method that I've heard so much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I created my heart-powered sales method as a result of just my experience out in the field and kind of starting to look in, in hindsight at what was working, what was the secret of what was enabling me to have the success that I was having in the field. And I broke it down into four pillars. So the first pillar is identify and align. What that means is identify your opportunities, your goals and targets, and your business plan for how to get there. And be sure to align your own missions, your own values with your company's values and mission and with the opportunities that you see in the field where you can present yourself in a relevant and valuable way. So identify and align is really the work that you do internally before you go out there into the world. So that's also aligning your energy, aligning with your heart center, aligning in that way where you can really show up in a more confident and, and powerful way. And then the second pillar is commit and connect. So commit to your business plan. It's not enough to just create your business plan for your, for your territory. And by the way, I do really encourage every single outside sales rep to treat their business, their, their territory, their book of business, like it is their business to run and they are the CEO of their business. So that you are taking an entrepreneurial approach within your company. You're a microcosm within that larger company, but run your microcosm like it's your book of business and you're committing to your business plan that you've identified. And that means be consistent, keep following through on the actions that you've identified as being the cornerstones of your business plan. 
and connect. That means connect with your prospects and customers with the emotional intelligence that I described earlier. That's where you use your curiosity. That's where you keep reminding yourself to keep asking questions and seeking to understand. So commit and connect. That's your second pillar. The third pillar is follow up and own up. So follow up is the ugly little stepchild <laughs> in our sales careers that most of us don't enjoy and don't like being good at. Keep following up. So that means follow through on what you've promised on for deliverables to your customers. And it means keep following up to prospects who may not be responsive on the first, second, third try, but you've qualified them. You know they're a qualified prospect. Keep going, keep at it. It takes consistent action. That's why follow-up is so important and deserves its own pillar in my, in my method. And the other part of that is own up. So owning up to mistakes, owning up to mishaps that happen in the field, owning up to, you know, when things don't go right for your customers, that's actually a great opportunity to demonstrate your integrity and who you are as a salesperson. Because we all feel great when things are going smoothly, but inevitably a shipment gets delayed, a mistake gets made, and it's not always you, it may be the company, it may be someone else, but it's not whether or not mistakes happen, it's how you respond to it and follow through and show your integrity. So that's a great opportunity. Embrace those mistakes and mishaps when they happen because it's a great opportunity to demonstrate who you truly are. So follow up and own up. That's your third pillar. And then finally, the fourth pillar is prosper in possibility. I really believe in the power of possibility thinking, which means opening your mind to infinite possibilities that are out there. Rather than having defeatist thinking in saying, you know, I just don't have enough leads. The economy is bad. People just aren't buying right now. Well, that's going to seal in the challenges and make them more concrete and solidify those challenges that you're having. What if you shift your thinking to possibility thinking of saying, Yes, my sales are down right now and the economy is looking a little tough, but who out there really needs my product right now? What if there were an amazing lead that actually is just praying to find someone like me with the solution that I offer right now? So ask yourself those what if questions, the who is out there? What can I do? That shifts your brain into seeing unidentified opportunities and recognizing them. So those are the four pillars of, of my heart-powered sales method. Really cool. Thanks for breaking that down for us. Um, and, and we were talking about early in the podcast, how you grew your sales tenfold in, in five years, which is just an incredible result. What talk about what are the, which was, which of the elements of heart powered sales really drove that success in your opinion? 
I think the biggest thing was just how much I loved helping people. And I know that that it may sound a little trite and a little overly simplistic, but that's really the joy that I took in it. And that's why I approached my work each day with this excitement and looking forward to who can I help? Who can I help today? And that helped me to not focus too much on reaching my quota. You know, I did the work of identifying my business plan and identifying what were the strategies that I was going to implement in order to get there. And then I just put it into practice. You don't need to keep worrying about whether you're going to reach your quota. If you have that number identified, that's your target. Okay, you've identified it. Now just get out there and have fun with it. Now get out there and just connect with people. Have fun with your conversations. Have fun with the challenge of problem solving. Be a problem solver and take joy in solving those problems for your customers. Take joy. Notice when they say, oh my gosh, you are the best. Thank you so much. You just made my day. Have fun with that. It feels so good. When you do that, it's no longer work. It's just fun. Yeah, it's, I'd say the same is true in running a company, right? I mean, it, it, and, and a lot of elements of life, right? Like in, if you enjoy and love helping people, like, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And that, that, if that gets, if that keep, if you, if you can get yourself in a headspace where that's the thing that keeps you going and then, yeah. you know, people want to work with you. People want to buy from you. People want to, you know, interact with you. Like, yes. I think, you know, if, if we, if you can get yourself in a mindset of just like, I create value wherever I go and people are better off because I was there for a little while, like, um, and, and just, and actually then do that, like make, make yes. it so you're making a lot of people's worlds better you know, then, then that's success follows that it's hard. It's hard for it not to. Yes, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And like with the product that Badger mapping is that creates value for, for sales reps. It, it, it offers them a way to do things better and easier and just get the job done. There's so much value in that. So it's, it's something that you can feel really good about. Yeah. It's a fun and and I, and I didn't I only had to pay like 20 bucks to the this podcast yeah uh, <laughs> it's it's a fun thing about like uh, software is especially funny in this regard because like mo only really useful software survives right if it's not if people don't like using it they don't they stop using it and it disappears in this world it's a super competitive one right so mm -hmm. um but like it, it's one of these spaces where like it's you know half the people I talk to all day are like yeah, this really changed things for our team. And like, they're really there. We, we, we have created a lot of value with it, but it's funny. Cause like, I hardly touch the product these days. Like it's, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm like, uh, like it's, it's, it's always fun to hear what people are doing with it and what they're, how, how it's going for them. And like, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a funny thing about software is it's just, it's one of these things where it's, it's off creating value at scale. You're not even around. It's weird. <laughs> And that's a pretty incredible thing, right? It's really incredible. It's in the computers somehow. I mean, does, <laughs> yeah. do Doesn't it scale? It's very strange stuff. It's it's everywhere. It's magical. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yes. 
<laughs> Wait, so Amazon's web services are everywhere in the world? Everywhere? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not, right. Not North Korea, I guess. Not not China, but you know, everywhere <laughs> yeah. else, it's uh, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, it. What about what about when 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 things aren't going well? How can a salesperson? I mean, these are tough times that we're in right now, economically and and it's in a lot of ways. What, what salespeople can go through sales slumps, and and the, you know, especially you know, interest rates rising, people aren't making investments. A lot of people, a lot of sales are down right now. Right, we're, we're likely looking into a, facing down the. I mean, it's uh, you know October of twenty twenty two right now. We're likely facing down the barrel of a recession. What? How can people use challenging moments in sales to their advantage? How can they build on that? How can they? Mm-hmm. How can they take a, a challenging situation and, uh, and and get the most out of it, or or turn things around and make it better? Yeah. So in sales. It is so natural to have ups and downs. You, without the downs, you wouldn't have a nice up to follow it. See, that's the attitude. Right? But it's (laughs) true. Take that 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, and it's so hard when you're in it and it, it can be so hard, but that is the world of sales is ups and downs and life is about ebb and flow. If you had a flow all the time without any ebb, you know, without, you wouldn't have a balance. We wouldn't rest. We wouldn't have time for reflection. We wouldn't have this time. So you can use the slumps, the ebb and flow as an opportunity to actually reassess, to look at opportunities that may have gone untapped, you know, stones that have gone unturned. It's a good time when you have that, that slump, it's a good time to kind of re recollect yourself, take a breather, take a moment and look at what can be done. You can't charge full speed ahead all the time. You need to take some time to also reassess and re re-examine things. You can't really do a good analysis of your territory if you're full speed ahead all the time. So when you're getting the signs that things are slowing down, take advantage of that as an opportunity to go back to your dashboard, to look at your opportunities, to, to re-examine, you know, maybe there was a, there's a prospect that you need to follow up with that you had forgotten about in the last couple of weeks. There are always opportunities to kind of just recollect yourself. The other thing is that when you're in a slump, that's when you can use that possibility thinking that I talked about. Okay. So rather than getting caught up in the story of this is a bad time, the the economy is bad, the forecasts are bad, don't get caught up in the story. Allow yourself the moment of pause and reflection that the slump provides and engage in possibility thinking. What if, what if I found my, my next big whale client? What if in these difficult times, this actually was the best opportunity for a new opportunity, a new, uh, a new client, a new engagement to come about. So keep engaging in that possibility thinking. Now, 
it's easy to say when, when we're not in the midst of a crisis moment that feels really scary and challenging. When you feel like you're just not going to meet your quota and you're just really struggling and opportunities that you thought were great and in the pipeline suddenly dry up. But have perspective when you look back at what you've achieved in your sales career within the same company or across a trajectory over many different companies, what you'll see is that things do continue to grow and climb even with the peaks and valleys. The overall trajectory is growth. So keep that broader perspective. Um, I would add that when the pandemic started, I was still in my B2B sales role and because we were in the nutritional supplement space at the beginning of the pandemic, that was actually a great time for us. We had a surge in demand, an incredible surge in uh, demand, especially for immune boosting products, right? So we all had an incredible month in March, 2020. We all had an incredible month. And then the next month, things really declined because people had stocked up, because people were prepared, because now we were uncertain, was this really, how long was this pandemic going to last? And so that uncertainty led to people pulling way back. And I fell into the trap of that fatalistic thinking of, in March, I felt like a superstar. And then in April, I started buying into the story. Things are going to collapse. The bottom's going to fall out. I'm a failure. I am just an imposter. I did great with my numbers then, but now I'm just a complete loser. I fell into that negative self-talk and that story. What I needed to do and what I did eventually do is just re-engage and look at the bigger picture of opportunity and possibility and what is the what is the overall trend? The overall trend is one of growth. So just ride out those moments of those slumps. They're not forever. Yeah, great advice. And uh, and, I, and I think that uh, it, the last few years have felt like a bunch of one-two punches. But um, it, I think it's a it's a great. The, the advice that you give is super sound. You know, to, to retool, think about where you can do better. Think about where you know how how can I how can I steer the ship to, to, to go in a direction where we'll be successful? I mean, and that's definitely resonates with me. I mean, the stuff you're saying, and we, we, we definitely yeah. had to do a lot of this. I mean, obviously selling to outside sales and field salespeople was, uh, during 2020 was a tough time, right? And even 2021 yeah. things were slower and yeah. slower, depending on where you were. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, we, 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 we you know, doubled down. We, it gave us the time on the engineering side because people weren't asking for as much. So we it gave us the time to really invest in some cool new stuff for customers. And now um, this year, even though I think the economy is tough, it's been a great year for us because we've, we've come out with a bunch of great new stuff and people are pleased with us about it. Um, so awesome. Yeah, that's, so that's, I guess that's an example of, of doing what you're saying to do here. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, a that's a great example right there of you had a, 
you, you had a slowdown in your sales, which meant that your engineers had the time to work on tweaking things and improving things. And ultimately that created even more value for your future customers. That's a great opportunity of taking advantage of that slump and, and making the most of it. Yeah. Now we just got to keep our fingers crossed that the uh, the bottom doesn't fall out of the economy. But I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think it will. I think maybe, yeah. maybe a little maybe a little correction, maybe a little recession, but we'll we'll all come out on the other side. We will. We will. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so let's let's move on to sales in sixty seconds. So quick questions, quick answers. Mm-hmm. First question: uh, What's the first thing a salesperson should do when they are meeting with a new prospect? Hmm. So of course they've got to do their research beforehand, qualify your prospect, be sure that you have all of your questions answered. The questions that are Googleable, do that, do that work, right? Don't be, don't use that valuable time with your prospect asking them questions that you could have found out on your own. But once you've done that, before you meet with your prospect, rather than scrambling or doing last minute research or anything else, which you want to do well in advance, Take a moment to breathe before that meeting. Take a moment to breathe, center yourself, and connect to your heart. And so what I mean by that is think of someone or something that you are grateful for and that you love. That's just going to help put you in the right heart space and head space before you meet with that prospect. And... How can salespeople uh, find a sense of purpose in their work? Over the years, when I've heard different people talk about what their purpose is, most of us, the vast majority of us, have a very similar purpose, which is to help people. And we may articulate it differently, and there may be a different spin on it, but most people want to help people, and that's their purpose. And so finding your own joy in how you do that, in how you can best help people and what your superpower is, find that and lean into it. So some people, some of my colleagues, when I was in my B2B sales role, were very clinically savvy. They were great at understanding the the clinical presentations of certain health issues and finding a solution for it. If that was their superpower, I say lean into that. But don't be overly focused on that. When you're meeting with a prospect, be sure that whatever information you provide is contextualized to what the prospect is telling you they need and what their problems are. Okay, but lean into whatever you are skilled at, what you take joy in, what you love to do, lean into it. So you may be clinical, you may be technical, you may be people oriented, whatever it is, lean into it, embrace it, and really use that for the purpose of helping others. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, on on, a, on the same sales team, um, you'll have some people that are Success, really successful salespeople because they are experts in the the customer's business. Like in your case, they you know they they just know a ton about health supplements and the body and nutrition and mm-hmm. uh, you know they they could practically be doctors themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're selling to doctors, so they 
there's people like that and there's people that are just awesome at prospecting or people that are awesome at qualification or people that are awesome at closing or people that just blow your blow your socks off with how much you like them and you have to buy from them because you, you just can't say no you know there's a million reasons why someone maybe not a million but there's probably 20 things or so that mm -hmm. they can they can make a, a salesperson really shine um i one one thought i always try to keep top of mind is as for, for sales leaders out there is to figure out who on your team is really amazing at these different things and how can they how can you empower them to teach everyone else in the team how to be more awesome at the thing that they're really great at you know so that, i love that's, that that's a because you can if, if there's someone on the team that's you know just knows everything about you know health and these vitamins and the supplementation like and it really deeply knows that how do you, how can you get that information out of their brain and into everybody else's brain for example i love that that's really empowering the team and helping them to help each other and when one person teaches it they learn it even more, right? You really learn by teaching. So that's how they really become masters at, at, at their own domain of expertise. It, the stuff you're talking about here today is really a new one for me. I mean, it's not, it's, I guess it's just not one that I think about a lot. Um, but the, you know, the, the attitude, the love, the empowerment, like the, um, I, you know, it's a, it's a harder, it's a hard one to identify. Why is this person on my team doing doing so well? Like, are they great mm -hmm. at qualifying? It's like, well, is it possible that they're just a really positive person who likes to help people and rubs people the right way as a result? And yeah. you know, and they're in the right headspace all the time, so they can the rejections don't hurt them. They bounce off of them, and and it, it you know, uh, I, I this is probably something you know, it, it's probably something that's harder to have someone on your team coach others, but maybe you need an outside coach for or just. But I think this is this is a really important thing that you're talking about today and, and getting this actually actualizing this and making it a part of your your sales practice is, is it could have a lot of benefit for people, I think. Yeah, it can be very powerful, very powerful. Yes. Yeah. What uh, what what about habits? What what uh, what daily habits should every outside sales rep have in their in you know, in, that they should practice every day? consistency consistency and that's not a very sexy or fun answer but consistency in your day so daily habits of course will imply consistency right but it's truly about what are you doing day in and day out without fail um i recently read a book called the consistency chain and they talk about you know, it's not necessarily that one thing. It's not the magic ingredients in that one thing or that one action or that one tactic that you take. It's the consistency of it. It's doing it every single day. And so as salespeople, what's your strategy with follow-up? How often are you going to follow up with a, with a certain prospect? How quickly do you follow through with deliverables that you've promised make that a consistent daily action and a daily habit. So consistency in a word is, is what matters. Yeah, that's a good one. And, it, and I think consistency can be on a weekly or monthly basis too. Like mm -hmm. I, there's a bunch of things that I, that I'll, I'll try to do like for a half hour every week, but by doing it for a half hour every week, um, you know, it, it may be some task or reaching out to some, you know, some group of people that are or, or managing something, um, but I'll, I'll schedule it on my calendar and that helps me 
it it's amazing how much you get done if you do it 50 times for a short period of time over the course of a year you're like oh that really has that really has moved along because I, I only had to do a few things for it but once a week it adds up that's exactly right yeah maybe, maybe the cadence isn't every day but it's weekly and after 52 weeks of that you you create results and so yes it's the consistency of it it's it's not the thing itself that does it so yeah there's so much power in that what about differentiation how can sales reps differentiate themselves with their prospects in in today's sales environment become problem centric not product centric focus on the problem that your prospect has that you can solve seek to understand their problem to a greater depth than anyone else understands it and you will stand out What's the best piece of sales advice that you've ever received? I remember sitting in my car with my regional sales director years ago when he was doing a ride along and we parked in front of a customer's office and he says to me, what do you want out of this meeting? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, what's money? Your... <laughs> money? I want to make the sale, right? Because that's just, we just think in this amorphous term, like I just, I want to make, make the sale. What does that mean? The sale is built up of many micro commitments and small yeses and steps along the way. So if this is a brand new prospect that I'm calling on, making the sale is unrealistic and it's jumping the gun get really clear on what's your objective well when i walk into that meeting i want to have my objective is to secure the next step which may be a, a meeting a scheduled meeting that we that we schedule for next week that's your objective if it's with an existing customer and you want to understand, you know, how did it go with this product, this new product that they tried, maybe that's your objective. Your objective is to seek to understand how are they implementing and and can they get how to maximize the success that they get with your product. So get really clear, have clear objectives. Making the sale is is probably one of the last clear objectives that you want. There are many steps to get there. So get clear on that objective. And that's one of the best advice that was ever given to me. And in that moment, when he asked me, it completely stumped me. I had no idea what to answer. And I still remember it to this day and how painfully common it is that people are not clear on what their objective is when they go into a meeting. Yeah, I, I always like to have the next step top of mind. I, before CRM systems existed, I had a spreadsheet and uh, and next step was one of the columns. It was like name, phone number, email, next step. And like, because that, because all the notes, note, all the, the history and everything, that was secondary to like, what is the next thing I'm trying to accomplish here? Because I would, because sometimes people would just like, you know, sometimes people call you and you're like, where am I with this guy? Like, and, and so that always having that next step, very accessible. I don't know if it's a, in a field in the CRM or if it's, or where it's at, but um, 
but having that next step stored somewhere and, and really at your fingertips so you can before you walk into a meeting just know what what is my goal here what is my objective what am i doing? yes that's right and and really it should be in the crm <laughs> it should be documented right mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be in your mind it shouldn't it can be easily forgotten or confused yeah, with you, someone else you can't remember this stuff because there's you know mm -hmm. I, I i know the experts say there's there's five sales steps but really there's like 30 and like there are there's yes. lots of it's lots of little steps so you gotta yes. know exactly which okay i did this with this guy so let's now next next i gotta i gotta accomplish this this is kind of the next thing we're working on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's exactly right get to that next step step and be clear on what it is yeah um as an actionable takeaway how can the sales people listen today start selling better in the field by connecting with their heart's energy so they really want to just get clear on you know what what motivates them what is their purpose how can their product make make people's lives better and then what's your action plan to implement that have your business plan for your territory again run it like it's your own business what's your plan for that how many contacts will you reach out to each day what's your plan for follow-up just have all of that be clearly identified and then put it into action and here's the catch when you start implementing and putting things into action don't expect that the action will directly yield the results there isn't always a direct cause and effect relationship, but it's you putting in the effort, like doing the reps with your, with your bicep curls at the gym. It's putting in the effort that over time does yield the results because we talked about consistency and you're putting the energy out there and the message out there that you care, that you care and that you're doing the work. The results may come from out of left field. The results may come from an inbound prospect that was not on your radar and suddenly becomes a big customer. But you doing the work all along the way is what brings that new, seemingly unrelated, unidentified prospect into your orbit. So that's how it all happens. Yeah, well, and I think... Uh... So often it's the, those bluebirds happen because of a great job you've done somewhere else or a great job someone else on your team did is, is what it is half the time. But yes, yeah, and which is why sales sales success is really a team sport. You know, the whole team um, succeeds or fails together. Usually I've found because even though it, right. it feels like such an individual sport, it's like, oh, but, you know, the, the guy, the person that covers the New Jersey territory, it, you know, their customer is really good friends with my customer in the Dallas market because they went to medical school together. And so yeah. it was actually, you know, Sarah in New Jersey is, is the reason I just got this huge bluebird sale in Dallas. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, that's it's, true. It, you, and you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you mentioned that it really is a team sport. It's everyone believing in and working toward a common objective. And so even though 
I believe each salesperson needs to be entrepreneurial and running their own territory like, like their own business. At the same time, it is a microcosm within the macrocosm of the larger company. And everyone should feel aligned in moving toward the same direction. And yes, your success, you know, someone's success out in New Jersey will have the butterfly effect of impacting the success in my territory too, right? So it's we're, we're all in it together. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to try to summarize everything you've uh, you've gone over today, just because so many people are in the car while they're while they're listening to this. So, <clears throat> strategies and pitches are only half the work. Energy and how you show up is the other half, and so it's very important to uh, to think about to think about those elements of 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 how you're doing in sales, and how you're how you're showing up, and how you're how you how you come across and, and what your mental state is. If you connect with your heart and you show up with confidence and authentic power, so you're ready to serve your prospects, that's uh, that's really uh, the headspace you, that that you can be successful in. Love is the source of true power, and you want to work to connect with what you love, and uh, uh, you you might want to tap into what you love about your product. You might want to tap into the value you create for your clients, but that's what we mean when we say tap into the, you know, the love is like, if you, if you really love creating value for your customers, if you really love your product, then, um, then it, it makes it so much better for you to sell. And I, 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 I've said this before, I'm sure, but, uh, it's really important to believe in your product and love your product. And if you, if you don't, then you should probably switch companies, I think, because it's, it's, if, if you don't think that you have a great product, if you're, if you're, you know, selling vitamins that you think aren't as good as the other vitamins out there, for example, and, and supplements and that sort of thing, then then you're better off going to the great company and, and selling for them because then you can really love the love the thing that you that you're selling and um, and I think that that helps you be way more successful. Build relationships by showing up with curiosity and a willingness to understand what's going on with your customer beyond just the scope of your, of your product. Um, try to understand their whole business. And, and the more you can learn about that and be curious about that, uh, the better you'll actually be able to serve them and map your map the value of your product to their business. We all have emotions. Well, you want to lean into those. Um, you can use uh, your, your EQ to, uh, to better manage your emotional response. Um, with your prospects and also to, to work on understanding your prospects emotional spot response so that you can better adapt to them in real time. You can't position your product as in, in a relevant way unless you you really understand what's important to your prospect. And so you do that by listening, by understanding their business, by by really putting yourself in their shoes and empathizing. When, it, when your prospect asks you a question, understand why they're asking that question and and why they're interested in, in, in the thing they're asking. Because sometimes there's a question behind the question and um, understanding the context of, uh, of their questions uh, and, and asking questions back to give you, you, you even more context. Uh, Robin gave a, a great strategy on how to do that. Um, it, that makes it much more of a conversation and gives you a lot more color behind what your what your prospect is thinking. 
the the four pillars of the heart powered sales method that Robin teaches are uh, first identify and align, second commit and connect, third follow up and own up, fourth prosper and possibility. Uh, connect further with uh, with heart powered sales by taking joy in solving your your customers' real problems, and you can use slumps or bad times as an opportunity to reassess, take a breather, and, and, and look at what can be done differently. Uh, don't, don't get caught up in difficult times. Focus on, on possibility thinking and, uh, and what can be. Robin, this has been just fantastic advice and really some cool thoughts that I, I've really enjoyed hearing from you. Um, where can our listeners read more about your work? How, what's the best way to, to reach out to you? Well, thanks so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, so if readers want to check out my book, they can find my book, Heart Powered Sales on Amazon. And it's available in paperback or ebook or Audible, which I recorded myself. Um, so all three versions are available on Amazon. If you want to learn more about me and about what I do as a sales trainer and sales coach, you can go to robintreasure.com and um, you can feel free to uh, reach out to me through my website as well. One more thing, I do like to be on LinkedIn. So if you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, please do so. Awesome. Well, uh, th this has been a a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. Thanks, Robin, for, for being here with us. If you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. It's the number one route planner. Helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. And if, if anyone can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from all, all the, the stuff that Robin taught us today, definitely share the love and uh, forward this on to them. Robin, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.